Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Hallelujah. Psalm 34 is King David speaking. Uh, he, he's, he's excited uh, just thinking about the goodness of God. Uh, and he, it's, it's one of my favorite chapters, but he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Uh, magnifying the Lord is kind of like a group effort. He's like, I mean, I could do it alone, he says, but he's like, no, no, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever. And then he goes on to say in verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, what is he saying? As you magnify, you get to taste. Uh, you, you, you don't taste from afar. You taste when you step in. You, you, you get a taste of his goodness and of his grace and of his presence when you decide to step in. And, and how do you decide to step in? By magnifying him. And, and the question would be, how do you magnify the Lord Almighty who can't get any bigger because he is everything? How, do you, how, how would you magnify someone? How would you? Because to magnify is to make him big. So how do you make someone big who can't get bigger because of how big he is, if you understand? Well, the only way, I, I can't make this wall bigger, but the way I can, I can magnify it is if I get close to it. It, it, it's not that it gets bigger, it's that I get closer to him. Come on, oh, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever. I am asking you today and opening up the opportunity for you to get close. How, how do you magnify something that can't get any bigger? You make yourself smaller in his presence. You you descend. There's less of me so there can be more of you, Father. I exalt your name and I magnify you. And I get close till the only thing I see is you. How do you know that you can get closer? Because if you can see something else, it means that there's still space to get close. Until all you can see, until all you can feel, until all you know is his presence. So I am challenging you today. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, lift up your voice. Oh, lift up your hands. Come on, take a step closer and magnify the Lord. We worship you tonight. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We come close. We come close to magnify you. We will taste and we will see that you are good, that your mercies are new every morning, that you are worthy of our praise. So we magnify you tonight. We glorify you tonight. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We glorify you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to your name, glory to your name, glory to your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Sometimes you have to talk to your emotions. 
Sometimes you have to tell your emotion. Your soul is your emotions. And sometimes you have to say, like King David, say, oh, oh, bless my, the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and do not forget one of his benefits. And then he goes, all of his benefits. And he goes on to list them because he's the one that's healed you. He's the one that's saved you. He's the one that's restored you. He's the one that's kept you. He's the one that took you out and brought you up and seated you in heavenly places. But there is enough of his goodness to praise him today. This is not about you. This is about what he has done through you. This is about what he wants to do through you. This is about him. So let there be less of you let there be less of me and let there be more of him more of his goodness more of his glory do not forget all of his benefits this is one of those moments where it opens up no you know how you say sometimes lord where are you i've searched lord jesus actually stood up once And said, if you are thirsty, if you really want some, come to me and think. No. He said, come to me and drink. So you can't think your way into the presence of God. You you can't look your way and and, kind of like figure out your way into the presence of God. You have to come willing to drink. You have to come willing to partake. It's, it's, it's people that do not participate that usually end up pretending and saying, you know, I don't know if that was too real. I don't know if it's too emotional. This is not about emotions. This is about whether you feel it's real or not. This is about the fact that God is here because he is enthroned in our praises. It's not emotional. It's a conviction. It's the word of God. And if he said it, he will perform it. That as I worship him, then his presence starts to appear. It's not just that. He's not here, but his Shekinah glory, like the actual presence that changes you, that makes you a new person, that that type of glory that when Moses came down from the mountain, they were like, oh, we can't even see. Where have you been? There's a notable difference when you've been in the presence of God. And this is one of those moments, and this is one of those services every Sunday. It's why we have this service. It's not because we had nothing else to do on Sundays, so we decided to just throw an extra service. It's because we want to pursue his presence. We want more of him. I hope that that, that's, that's the cry of your heart, that you want more. And if you, and if you want more, this is the time. This is the hour, this is the place to pursue God more. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for for this church. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this space. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Father, because you, you are good and you are worthy to be praised. So we take the time today. We honor you. We honor you tonight, Father, that in everything that is said, everything that is preached, that it, it may glorify you, Father, that in all we do, we glorify your name because you are worthy to be praised. And we love you, Father, and we give you all the honor and all the glory. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, you, you can be seated.
As I said this morning, uh, today or tonight, we are going to talk about uh, how to get close to God. Uh, we, uh, I don't know why, but lately I've been like, well, I, I do know why, because I, I asked God why. But it, it, lately I've been questioning, you know, hey, God, because if you know me, um, I like services that just get emotional. I'm a very emotional person. Uh, but my mom is from Guatemala. I was born in Colombia. I've lived in Colombia for 30 years. Of my 34 years, I've lived 30 years in Colombia. And, and so it's like it's like the Latino blood is in me. So I like I like I like emotion. I like if we get to shouting and to screaming, I'm like yes, that, that, those are my people, mi gente, mi sangre. Like I love it. Uh, and, and so, and so, my my issue is is that lately, as I'm writing a, as I'm writing a sermon, a, a message, I'm asking God. He, he's taking me like through this teaching route, and I, I, I ask him why, because I obviously know that he knows me more than I know myself. But sometimes I like to remind him who I am. And so I'm like, God, like, you know, like, just give me the emotional stuff. Like, give me the God wants to heal you today. And let's see, like, blind eyes open. And like, let, let's go for that. Let's see a paralytic walk. And, and I told him, like, it's been a while since I've seen that. I want to see that again. Like, I'm craving it, all of these things. And, and, and actually, this afternoon, as I was meditating, I was sitting down because I didn't want to fall asleep because I was scared that if I fall asleep, I might not wake up. And so I was like sitting there at the table like two hours ago. I'm like, I'm just going to wait here. So I started praying and I asked God, God, just I mean, let, let's talk. I got time. Let's talk. Hey, what, what, what about this? And what he told me is, well, because if you take them to that place of glory via emotion, then you're going to have to keep them via emotion. In other words, you always have to have the emotional moment. And the problem with emotions is if you know well your emotions, you know that they'll come and go. You know that not every day is a happy day. But every day is a good day to enter the presence of God. But if you take him via revelation, that there is a conviction that is formed in their heart, that there is a knowing and there's knowledge of the word that surpasses emotion. That it's an actual conviction of the word of God that even though I don't feel it, I still know it's true. And then I still obey and then I still pursue. That, that, that's that's what, what we need, uh, me included. So I, I, so I started writing down. I've actually had this uh, for a while now, for a week, because last week it rained. Remember that? And so I'm like, well, we're just going to use that. <laughs> Four steps to get closer to God. The, the, the word of God says in James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How many want to draw near to God? The, the, the cool thing about this process is that as you draw near to him, it's not you doing all the work. It actually activates him coming near to you. So it makes the job easier. Uh, you know, like sometimes people think, oh, I mean, in order to get to pastor's level, I'm going to need 30 years or whatever. But the cool thing is, is that in the things of God, there's an acceleration that when you get close, when you start getting close to him, he also starts getting close to you. So it actually takes less time than what you think it does. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Psalms 25, 14 says, the intimate fellowship of the Lord is with those who fear him. And to them he will make known his 
covenant. Uh, what, what I'm talking about here and tonight, what I want to talk about is having that intimate fellowship with God. How do you get to that level of intimate fellowship with God? What are the steps? What does the Bible say? And I, I found a couple of examples. And what's cool to me, at least, is that most of these examples that uh, correlate to a relationship with God and entering his presence, there seems to be four steps, four like global steps that are expressed in different stories. But there seems to be always these four steps. And, and, and the first illustration that I want to show you is found in Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 to, four, one to 5. And Ezekiel, he's talking about this river. And, and every time there, there's river, there's water, it, it's representative of the presence of God. And if I, if I know something is true in my life is that we need more of the presence of God. I, I know you need more of the presence of God. We, we don't need to get smarter. We, we need more of his presence. Like the, the more presence you have, the less of you is needed. And this might, might hurt some feelings, but the less of you that is needed, the better the outcome. This is the truth. The more that God is in the equation and the more that God is in the situation, the less I'm needed. So I just get to see him move. And that's where supernatural things happen. Because how many of you know, as a natural person, you really can't force supernatural things to happen at least like positively i mean you could probably get into weird stuff but that this is not what we're talking about today so ezekiel 47 verses 1 to 5 says then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the front of the temple face east the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar and he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east and there was water running out on the right side so basically there's a lot of water coming out of the presence of god and, and this is this is an image of his presence his presence that's why jesus said if you know if anyone is thirsty come to me and drink and they said in rivers of living water it's the same it's the same thing that he's talking about this was the presence of god that can flow out of you it flows from his presence there is this river that you can be in verse 3 says and when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand he measured 1000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles Again, he measured 1,000 uh, cubits and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 cubits and brought me through the water, and the water came up to my waist. And again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. So we, we see here... But there are four levels to this river. The, the first level is, is the ankles. He, he walked in, and the first thing that, that started to get wet, if you will, was the feet and the ankles. It says in verse 3, he measured a 1,000 cubits and caused me to pass through the waters up to my ankles. Now, what is this representative of? That the, the first step to get close to God, it changes what you stand on. 
it, it, it changes what you start, what you believe. That, that, that now you are standing on his word. That now you are standing in his presence. And now you, you believe something different. That it's not just you against the world, but you actually know that Jesus died for you. That he resurrected. That you have been bought with the price. That the blood of Jesus has paid for you. And now you have access to the throne. That if you die, you get to go to heaven. That there are angels that camp around you. Like you are standing on the rock of his word. Like your feet change. Nothing else has changed, though. That's why you receive Christ, and now you find yourself on a Sunday at 6 p.m. at church. But yet the rest of the week can still look the, like pretty much the same sometimes. Why? Because that's the first step. And, I, and what's interesting to me is that it says that it takes, oh, it's a process. It's not automatic. It says he walked for a thousand cubits. And every time he would go to a different level, he had to go through the same process. I believe the process into his presence is paved with sacrifice. If you want to get closer to God, the sacrifice is required. And then never in the word of God do you see someone getting close to God that did not have to sacrifice, whether it's talents, treasure, family, time, but something has to be sacrificed. What are you willing to sacrifice? Because we all want the presence of God. We've said it before. We've praised him for it. Like we want king of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. So the word of God says, perfect. There's a thousand cubits. Let's get to walking. And get your feet wet. So it says, he measures a thousand cubits and caused me to pass through the waters up to my ankles. Now, it's not that it's a long distance, but there is still some steps to take, which you probably have taken. You've taken the step of confessing God, uh, confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've taken the step of separating in your schedule times to come to church. Like, you've taken steps towards it, but I want to challenge you today and tell you there are more steps. Because the river is deeper than just the sun they experience and his presence is deeper than just a couple of songs on the Sunday evening that there is more to his presence it's it's somewhere you can walk in and it can like take you away and I'm getting ahead of myself so so let's come back because we're only at our ankles right and it says verse verse four another thousand caused me to pass through the waters so more steps, which came up to my knees. Now, knees, if you read Ephesians 3.14, Paul said, for, for this reason, I bow my knees. It, when you get closer to him, your prayer life starts to change. Or better yet, instead of just where you're standing starts to change, now what you're talking it starts to change. And who you're talking, you actually acquire a prayer life. It's the second step to getting close to God. And to be honest, it, the first step is hard for people. This next step, like it's where you lose a lot of people. It's like, oh, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have time for that. That's like the biggest thing. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have time. And, and I, 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 there's various people, Deal Moody once said, uh, that there's so much that I need to accomplish that I can't afford not to pray. And, and that, is, that, that truly is the, the, the way to see it, the, per, the correct perspective, is that prayer is actually power that you need. And it's where you acquire power. It's where you acquire perspective. It's where the eyes of your understanding are open. You can't afford not to pray if you want to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. You need to acquire a prayer life. 
It's, it's automatic. If you want to keep going in the things of God, if you want to pursue his presence, sooner or later, your knees have to get wet. Sooner or later, you need to acquire a prayer life. And it's not just the prayer, the, the prayer life that most of us have, you know, in breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is fine. We, we, thank, we should thank God for our food, right? So it's like, thank you for this food. Amen. Like, I, I understand that. But there is more. There's a conversation that needs to start. There's his voice that you need to hear. There's deposits of his word that need to be sown into your heart through prayer. It's one of the things that's most challenging of seeing Pastor Joel is, is his prayer life. It's so good, it's irritating. Have you, do, have you ever met someone that is so good at something, it just irritates you? Like my dad, irritates me. Why? Because he's so good at reading the Bible. Like I, I told him the other day, like I just got finished reading the New Testament. Like, but, I mean, I'm making it, Father. And he looks at me and is like, well, I'm like on my fourth already. It's just that he's not trying to, to sound mean or anything. He's just being honest. It's like, well, if you're going to be honest with what you're doing, let me be honest with what I'm doing. That, that's, that's what my dad does. It's, it's very funny. It, you not only want to hear from him, but you also want to be with him. And that's what prayer does. But, but it, takes, it takes more steps. It takes the step of, of rearranging your schedule. It's the step of maybe deleting a couple of apps. You know, there's an app in your cell phone that can show you how spiritual you really are and what really matters to your life. And it's called screen time. Ooh, I know. I know. You don't want to see my screen time this week. I, I, I was without a wife and a kid for a week. Like, my screen time is random right now. <laughs> I have to be honest. But, but if we are being truthful in today's service... And if we want to pursue and if we want to go into this river, our prayer life needs to be affected. It needs to start, we need to start to learn how to soak in his presence. To not just congregate, but start coming early and praying. Uh, you know, to, to uh, understand that in order for this relationship to work, I need to learn how to bend my knee. It takes time to grow in his presence. And it is a journey. But hopefully you are making advances. Hopefully your prayer life today is different than it was a month ago. And hopefully it's different than it was a year ago. And if not, that might just be the challenge. Take an extra step. Take an extra step and find a prayer time. And if you do have a prayer time, you can always go deeper. I think that, that that's like the underlying premise of this message is you can always go deeper. You, 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 in, in the things of God, you, it's never what you reach. It's what you are living. And it's like you could always keep going deeper. It's not just like, I, I hope to one day be able to pray five hours. No, no, that's not the point. The point is I hope that tomorrow I know more of him than I know today. And you do that for infinity and beyond. In verse 4 says, Then he measured another thousand and caused me to pass through the waters which reached my waist. Or it says my hips or my loins. Uh, when your loins uh, are getting wet, that refers to multiplication. It's your reproductive parts. I know it might sound weird that you're talking about reproductive parts in the whole, like in the presence of God, but it's the it's the image that it's not only your prayer life being affected, but now it's what you produce in life is also affected. 
that, that, that you are being productive in the things of God, but that you are also participating in the things of church, and that because of your participation, there is fruit that is coming out of you. That you are producing something that is different because it's been soaked in his presence. That because you spend time in the presence of God, there is a fruit of the spirit that comes out. That you are now more patient. That you are now more kind. That you are now more loving. That you are long-suffering, which means that you have learned how to suffer long. That's, that's, that's a fruit of the spirit that no one really wants. Because we, we, we want the one of the joy, right? We want the one that just gets us there. But a fruit of the Spirit that if you, if you are soaking in the presence of God, it comes out of you as well is long-suffering. That you learn how to suffer long for other people. That you learn how to endure hard moments for, out of love for God and out of love for people. That you have self-control. That you, that you don't get ahead of God, but you just follow his presence. That, that now that stuff is being produced and you words are being produced out of you. That you prophesy over your life. Because it's not just a prayer time. It's now a life that, that is overflowing in you. That his presence of God is real in your life. That you are now serving God. And there's fruit that comes out of that. That's not just you're praying and you come and assist. But now that you, you, you are producing things from your time, from your talents, from your treasures. We'll see in, in another metaphor that the word of God says that the, the thing about this is that the closer you get or the deeper you get with God, the, the less people are around you. And it's one of those things that, you know, people are like, I won't go with everyone if, if, if anyone else goes. You know, I, like I'll stay with where the people are because that's, and that's not, that's not the heart behind it. So you go whether everyone else goes or no one goes. I've learned that some of the best worship sessions in my life haven't been because everyone was blessed. They've been because I've been willing. And you can tell that people have different service experiences, not because of what happens on the platform, but what is happening in their heart. That some people are receiving and they're, they're in and they're crying and stuff. Like I, I see it sometimes like my wife and I can be standing in the same service and I can be thinking about how we can do better and the lights and the words don't make sense and this and that. And then I look at her and she's wrecked. I'm like, you're wrecked with this? Have you ever been in one of those services where you question people or like, are you, I mean, are you in sin or something? Because I know this is not blessing me. But then that's where you, that's where you have to make a heart check. It's like, why are you here? Are you here to like correct everything or are you here to enter in? Because if you're here to enter in, it really doesn't matter. Like, well, the only thing that matters is that he's here. King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. Let's keep going. Verse 5 says, he measured another thousand, and it was already a river that I could not pass over. For the waters had risen so that the river could not be passed over except by swimming. Now here, I, I like this because there comes a point where the river is so strong that it leads you. That it moves you. That you can't decide where you're going, but now the river decides where you are going. And this is truly where we want to get because it, it, we, we want to be led by the Spirit. But it's hard to be led by the Spirit when only your ankles are getting wet. And the river is telling you to go, but I mean, you could just stand there and never be moved. 
Now you're standing in some place different. That, that happens with a lot of people that they'll attend church, but they don't want to become what God wants the church to become. You know, there's people that are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. That if you are being led by the Spirit, it's because you are letting the river move you, but it's hard for a river to move you if you're just standing at the border, if you're just standing at the edge. But when you're in the middle of it where you can't even touch it anymore, it'll lead you, and it'll take you to places of love, and it'll take you to places of generosity, and it'll take you to places of patience, and then it'll take you to places of fruit, of healing, of supernatural deliverance. And we want that. But we want to stand here. And you don't get what's over there as long as you're standing over here. So the, the challenge today is keep going. Like, take a step. Take a step in. I, I remember we were, we were in the place in Colombia called Villavicencio. It was like 10 years ago. And, and I, I was with Carolina's family, and they, they had a farm. And there was this huge river like a mile away. And so I told them, why not go to the river? And they were all scared. They're like, no, no, we don't go to that river because, like, it takes people. It's strong. So I'm like, oh, let's, go, let's go see it. You know, I'm not, I'm not scared of no stupid river. And so, like, I go walk, and I see it. And to be honest, it, it doesn't look like, uh, uh, yeah, it's not like a menace of a river. Like, it's just, it's like this, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty big river, but... I see the water, and you, have you seen that? You know, there's just, it's just like water. You can see it go, but it's not like waves and craziness. It's just a little water going. So I'm like, you scared of this? And so my, my father-in-law said, no, no, no. See, that there's a current in there that you can't see. I'm like, nah, I think I could see it if I'm here. Like, you see a log go by, and it's just going slow. I'm like, there's no, there's no real current. So he goes on to say, well, then step in. So it makes me think now. Because we weren't married back then. So I'm like, are you? So, so I did. So I stepped in and the, like literally this process. I'm like, well, I mean, this is not, it's cold, but I mean, it's not changing anything. But the moment I, 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 I crossed, it crossed my loins, if you will. The moment it crossed my hips, I started feeling a pull. And I'm like, oh. And I noticed that that log that I saw. Like, it, it weighed a ton. I, I, like, I, I'm starting to compute all these things in my head. I'm starting to get scared a little bit. I'm like, help me. And you could just see my father-in-law, like, that's right. Yeah, you want to marry my daughter? <laughs> so I, I took it as a challenge. So I'm like, I'm going to cross this river. So I jump in. And I'm thinking, because it's, it's not that far. So I'm thinking, you know, I'll cross and maybe I'll just be a little down. So I'm like swimming as hard as I can. And then when I see myself, I, I kid you not, I'm like more over like a thousand feet down like this. And you can just see my father-in-law like with his chanclas, you know, with his, with, with, with his uh, what do you call that in English? With his sandals. And he's just like looking at me like this from far away. And it just, it just overtook me. And we, we want God to overtake us. We want God to move us to places we didn't expect to be. We, we want him to move just like only he can move. But he won't do that in your life as long as you are over here. Take a step. Keep going. But if you can observe what was happening is this, this was kind of like a pilgrimage. Like in order to get to this place where it was covering him, he had to continue to take steps. 
And, and this is what we have to do. Instead of just comparing ourselves, it's like, well, his prayer life is so much better than mine. Well, just, just be better today. Be better than what you were yesterday. Pray a little harder today. Worship a little better today. Like, submit a little more. Serve more. Just, just keep going. It, the, the, the distance is long. But if you're just going to stand there, it's never, like, you're never going to, like, accomplish it. So keep taking steps today. And, and why? Ezekiel 47. Let's keep reading. Ezekiel 47. Verses 7 to 9 says, when I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. And then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. I'm going to be very honest. I I believe that if we just grow accustomed to entering his presence, there would be more healing in our life. There, there would be more healing. See, we, we want God. It's like, God, move. God, heal. But, but to be honest, those that are in the presence of God, your faith can make you whole. But because you've been doused with his word and his presence. So we want God to kind of just lend us a hand. But I've seen people, I, I've little, honestly seen people come out of a wheelchair. The supernatural power of God just brings them out. And I've come back a month later, and they're back in the chair again. Because it can be the gift of healing that can take them out. But what keeps you out, what what keeps you healed is knowing him. So I've I've seen people, they get healed or supernaturally blessed. It's it's why you see people that they, they have this financial miracle, and then a month later, they're back in the financial mess. It's because you, what we need is more of him. We don't need more miracles. We need more wisdom that comes from him. We, we've said it in a service before. The more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. Because you, you learn not just how to get out. You learn how to stay out. You, 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 we, we need to learn not just to receive our healing. We need to learn how to retain our healing. And this happens when we step in. And so it says, when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Verse 9. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. So there is life, abundance, wherever the river is. See, sometimes we want the river to make a detour in our life. We're like, God, can you just send the river my way? And God is saying, no, 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 the river's going to go where the river's going to go. And if you want the life that the river brings that you have to find yourself in the river. You have to find yourself in the presence of God. You, it's, sometimes we like to make, you know, this, this schedule, and they're like, okay, God, bless it. How many have done that before? Like New Year's resolution. We don't ask God what he wants for this new year. We're like, this is my New Year's resolution. Now, Father, I want your river to just come and douse this. That's not how it works. It says wherever the river goes, there will be life. So make sure... Your life, make sure you find yourself in the river. There will be very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. I think I also believe that the more as a church we are in his presence, the better fishers we become. You know, we're called to be fishers of men, are we not? And I think one of our biggest struggles is, well, at least for me sometimes, I ask God, it's like, God, like, I mean, how do I, how do, I do it? You know, if I talk, like, I already know what they're going to answer. And it's going to be hard. And, and, and well, well, why? Because, because I'm out of the river. If you're in the river, it becomes easy. 
If you're in the river, it becomes things that are undeniable. You can have a miracle in your life that, it, that will preach for you. I've had it happen now in my life where I've had friends from college, you know, call me and, and now they're Christian. And, and when we used to have, I've had people I've had debates with. And I've had people that I can just share my testimony with. Of like, I, I mean, I don't know what you believe, but my God has done this for me. And I've seen this happen. And I've seen these miracles happen. And we've been to Ethiopia and saw a guy that had no eye. I saw his eye being recreated. Like this wasn't me. This was the river of God moving in the life. And then they see it. They hear it. And they can't debate with that. Because it's supernatural power. You become, an easy, you become a more proficient fisher of men if you find yourself in the river. Well, it says here, I hear, there will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. See, as Christians, we want fruit, but we don't want the river. And if you want the fruit, you need to be in the river. If you want the things of God, you need to find yourself in the river of God. So get into the river and you will see how the fruit will come. You don't have to force yourself. You don't have to force it to happen. You just flow with the river. At least on a personal level, the word of God for my life for these past few months is John David, learn how to flow and not to force. Because the last time someone forced in the Bible, it was Abraham, and he forced an Ishmael instead of flowing to his Isaac. And we all know the story even today. The problem with the Middle East in today's world was because Abraham decided to force and not flow with the will of God. And so we have generations and nations years later affected because he wasn't patient enough to just flow. He started to force. I don't want that on my head. You know, I don't want nations and generations later on. It's like, well, thank you, John. Couldn't just wait. You have to force. So what, I, what I'm truly, like, trying to work on in my life is just flowing. Instead of making it happen, I just have to let it happen. I know what God has said. I, I, I know what God has promised. And yet I will find myself in the river, and I know the river will take me there. And I don't have to fight my way there. I don't have to force my way there. I'm just believing that as long as I find myself in the river of God, in the presence of God, on a continual basis, it will take me to wherever I need. Verse 8 says, if you enter into the water, enters into the sea, and the waters are healed. Verse 9, every living thing that swims in these rivers, you know, shall live. There is an abundance found in the river. There is life found in the river. But let's go back to the four steps that your ankles, where you're stand, what you're standing on, your prayer life, your knees, then your multiplication, your, your life of service, if you will. And then you're, you find yourself in the point in the presence of God where it's taking you. What steps can you take today? Ezekiel 47 verse 12 says, along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Again, fruit found because of the river. And it's a, what, what I like here is that it's not a fruit that is seasonal. It's a fruit that is constant and consistent. 
See, that's the, that's the true blessing of God. We sometimes think that the blessing of God comes in seasons. Now, we live through seasons, but his goodness is not based on seasons. His goodness and his mercies are new every morning. Like, you could have fruit of God. You can have blessing of God every month of your life. But you have to find yourself in the river. So, so you know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm just going through a dry spell. There are no dry spells in the river. You know, there, there, there are no dry places in the river. If you find yourself in the river, you can always be blessed in any economy. Recession, depression, whatever that may be, inflation or any other shun that they want to invent. And you can still be blessed if you find yourself in the river. Let, let's look at, we have a little bit of time. Let, let, let's look at one more or two more. Can we give two more examples real quick? I promise it will be fast. John chapter 15. Talk, talk about the fruit of the believer. The results of the believer. And just real quickly, John 15 verses 1 to 6. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. This is, this is the same. It's being in the river. It's abiding in his presence. Abiding in the word of God. That means being in the river. Being in the presence of God. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For with Without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Now, we see here three, actually four levels of fruit if you include John 15, verse 16, who says, what says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So what are the four levels of fruit that you can produce as a Christian, that your Christian life can produce? You can, be, you can have fruit, verse 2. Verse 2, the second part, you can have more fruit, so there's more abundance in your life of the things of God. Verse 5, you can have much fruit. Or verse 16, you can have fruit that endures. So, so there's Christians in life because it's inevitable. When you meet God, you, you, there's transformation. When you meet God, there really is revelation and there's a difference in your life. And so there's fruit. So whether it's more patience, more kindness, whether it's just joy because you get to go to heaven and not to hell. But there will be fruit. But the more you abide, and by abide I mean the more you step into the things of God, the more fruit you have. And then you can have much fruit, which is a noticeable fruit, which is an amount of fruit that people get to see. That's not just you seeing it, but it's other people get to see it in your life. That not that you get to partake of it, but now that other people get to participate from the fruit you are creating because now you have enough fruit, not just for yourself, not just to hold back your anger, but now you have patience to give towards others. And then you have fruit that endures or fruit that remains. Is a fruit that speaks for you. And so you can see the correlation that the deeper you get, the better fisher of men you become. Right? And it's the same thing. The, 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 the better the fruit, the more the fruit starts to speak about your life. And you don't have to anymore. You let your life and your relationship speak for yourself. We see it in the disciples of Jesus. 
This is the, the, the last image I want to show you. I'm, I'm trying to cut down the story so we can get into the word real quick. Jesus' disciples, uh, you can see there's four levels uh, of the disciples that he had. So, same thing, people that decided to step into their relationship with Jesus. You, you see the, the first level of disciples were the 70. You know, he had 70 disciples. And, and these 70 disciples, you know, they listened. They were there to hear him preach. And then they were, they were sent out. And, and they had some authority. They cast out demons. They actually didn't expect it. They, they were so happy that they came back and they're like, oh, my gosh, Jesus, we just cast out a demon. And, and so Jesus corrects them. And he's like, you know, do not rejoice in that. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But, yes, I mean, they, they're the disciples that come to church and then go out and kind of replicate it. It's good. It's a good level to be at. But then there was the 12. And now the 12, they had more teaching, more word, and they actually had discipleship with Jesus. So it wasn't that they just heard the Sermon on the Mount and then went and preached it to someone else. They actually had many sermons just for them. You know, the, the, the more proximity you have to the presence of God, the more word you will receive. It's, it's easy. It's something that I appreciate from being a pastor's kid. There's sometimes I would, just because I was close to my dad, I found myself in tables where pastors were speaking, and I got to hear things that not many people got to hear. Why? Because of proximity. So you have the 12. Jesus loved them and gave them instruction, and they also preached. But then you have the three. And the three, do you know their names? Peter, John, and James, right? And then I like something that happens, but they're the ones that they got to see the transfiguration. They, got to, they were the ones that actually got to go up with Jesus, and they actually experienced something supernatural where they got to talk with Moses, and they got to talk with Elijah. And we really don't talk a lot about this because it sounds kind of crazy. It sounds kind of weird, but they're up in this mountain with Jesus and then with two people that died. And they're talking with them. It's a supernatural experience. The 70 didn't get this. The 12 didn't get this. Only the three. But why? Because they decided to keep going further in their relationship with Jesus. And actually, you know, they, they were the only ones that listened to the preaching of the Mount of Olives. And Andrew. I like that. Because there was three, and then Andrew slipped in. You know, Jesus is, Jesus is not just saying, you know, I got a certain amount of numbers, so you can't, you know, it's over. There's just three VIP seats. No, he doesn't care. You know, all the 70 could have been there. He never just said, okay, I just need three. Who's willing? Everyone could go up. But there was just a few that decided to keep going. And then we have the one, the disciple that Jesus loved. He was the one that was close. And how do I know that he was close? There's a story in John chapter 13, verses 21 and 25. So I'm about to finish. So if the piano doesn't play, I'm going to keep going. So maybe not. So you guys, you guys decide, okay? But John chapter 13, verses 21 and 25 says, When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved that we know was John. So Simon Peter on the other side of the table therefore motioned to him to ask Jesus who it was. So imagine this, like Jesus is like, one of you is going to betray me. So everyone's like, who is it? Who is it? And there's John close to Jesus, the closest one to Jesus. So Peter, instead of just asking Jesus, asked the one that was close to Jesus 
and said, hey, ask him. Ask him. And if you, if you read the story, John asks him. It's like, you know, master, who is it? And then we, 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 we misinterpret or misread what happens because we think Jesus stood up and said, it will be the one that soaks his hand with my hand. And then everyone just looks. And then Judas just is like, okay, that's going to be me. That, that wasn't how it was. If you, if you read, he told John in privacy. No one else heard. It's like, it'll be the one that soaks his hand with me. And then John was like, okay. And then tell Peter. How do I know he didn't tell Peter? Because when the whole day, when Judas soaks his hand with Jesus, John knew. He had information that other people didn't have. And the reason I know no one else knew was because it, then it later says, and then Judas left, and everyone thought that he was just going to go and give money to the poor. So no one knew that it was Judas who was going to betray him, except for John. The closer you are, the more revelation you have. The closer you are, the more information you have that, that Jesus gives you that might not give other people. But there, there, there needs to be proximity. Listen, if you find yourself today in the 70, I'll push you to, to the 12. Get, get into the river. Step, step in. Step in today. If you find yourself in the 12 and you are praying now, you know, you're getting to experience more, step in a little further. You might get to see supernatural things in your life. And I'm not saying because we pursue these supernatural things. I'm just saying the closer you are to God, it's inevitable to see supernatural things happen in your life. I don't say these things to boast, you know, like, oh, I've seen supernatural. No, it's in, in times of my life where I've pressed in, it's like automatic. You start to see how God moves. Why? Because you're closer. Get close to God. When you magnify him, that, that, that's the step. We, we said it at the beginning. Magnifying Jesus is getting close to him. Getting to know his presence is getting close to him. Stepping into his presence is, is making that extra step. And I know if this has been like repetitive in my heart, the Holy Spirit has already been telling you what's next. Yeah, that's one thing that I just know for a fact now. Like, it's, it's hard to find someone that's like, I absolutely do not know what to do. There's always that small step that, that he's illuminated in your life. It's like, this is the next step. Whether it's come to a service, whether it's serve, whether it's go to this prayer time, whether it's we now have five more services this week for Holy Week that you can come to. Whether it's next time you praise Make that extra step. Raise your hands. Whether it's kneel, whether it's whatever, shout. Well, I don't know what it is. I always know the Holy Spirit has already illuminated that because he is our guide. So he is guiding you. The, 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 our problem is, is that we want to know how to get over there, and the Holy Spirit is just wanting you to get one more step in. Because if he can get you one more step in, then maybe your prayer life starts getting affected. And then if your prayer life starts getting affected, then maybe your service will start getting affected. And then the fruit that you produce will start getting affected. And then little do you know, you're already in and you're like a, a hundred feet down the river and didn't even notice that God has been doing things in your life. And then you have that exercise of looking back. I love looking back and seeing the goodness of God. I love looking back and noticing like, oh my, how did I get here? 
Someone asked me today, so are you happy you're 34 now? Like, would you want to be 25 again? And I honestly said, I never want to go back to 25. I'm more blessed in 34 than I've ever been. Like, I'm happier at 34 than I've ever been. And yes, maybe I was a little bit more youthful back then, but the things that I've seen and the things that I'm believing for and where I am, where it's taking me, I am so excited about the future that I look back and I'm thankful. But I look in the future with a cheerful expectation because I know that this river, his presence, is taking me places that I could not dream of, that I did not ask for, but that God can do more abundantly. Far above, you can ask or think. According to his power. So step in today. Pursue more fruit. From just having fruit to more fruit to abundant fruit. Let, let your fruit be that, that, like that goal. I want fruit that remains. I want fruit that my kids can talk about. It's one thing I, I appreciate about my parents. It's so easy to preach about them. And you know, you've noticed that I, I love honoring them through my messages. And it's because I, I have seen in their life where they have made sacrifices. Listen, they've been missionaries. And I, I don't, I, I'm not saying this so you feel bad for them or whatever. I, I'm, they're blessed. I thank God for that. But I can trace back in their life sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice that have led them to where they're at now. To where I can talk about their fruit because even though it's past, the story has passed, the fruit has remained. So I can talk about them. It's the testimony that I gave about my mom casting out demons, about my dad like praying and then like the whole government coming and like restructuring the roads around the church. Like someone from China, this businesswoman, they giving my dad elevators and a roof and everything for free. And it's not because he's more spiritual. It's because I have seen that man decide to keep going into the river. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to be right behind him. Kind of hard sometimes, I have to be honest. Because he's like, he's a go-getter. <laughs> but what do we do tonight? Step in. What do we do right now? One more step. What do we do tonight? We, we, we press in a little bit more. And if you decide to just press in a little bit more, listen, TikTokers take the, like take this revelation and apply it to ridiculous things. And I mean, they help us like if you exercise just a little bit, ten minutes more. You know, if you if you eat ten calories less, and it's, like, it's this whole premise. But the, the Word of God, you know, was written way before TikTok was made, and, it, and it's teaching you just just go in a little bit more, do it a little bit more, like do it one more time. Just one more round, just one more song, just then five more minutes of prayer. Just step into his presence a little bit more and see where it takes you. So I'm going to ask you to stand up real quick because I promise I will keep going and we don't, we don't want that on a Sunday night. Like it's just, it's intense. But all effective ministry and effective lives come from intimacy with God. We want that intimacy. We want to experience those levels of his presence. We want to experience those levels of his fruit. We, we want to experience that proximity that John had. You know something interesting about John? He was the only disciple that wasn't martyred. 
And everyone, you know, there's like different reasons why people think they are. But I believe that one of the reasons was how close he was. He learned, and I'm not saying the others didn't have faith or not, but maybe they could have applied authority. I don't know. But I do know that the one that was closest was the one that survived. Because there's life in the river. There is life. And it says that he was put in a pot of boiling oil. And he survived. That there's a revelation that is needed in order to survive. I get scared when my wife is doing like french fries back home. And that thing starts like, you know, going crazy. I'm like, ah! And he was literally put in a pot of oil. And it wasn't burned. That's intense stuff. John was the closest one. He was the only one that saw revelations. He was the only one that saw the end of days. He's the only one that had a vision of heaven and of Jesus coming back. How crazy is that? Why? Because of his proximity. So in proximity will open up your eyes to things that no one else can see. And I know the Holy Spirit has prepared things for you that he wants to show you. But you need to step in. So what are we going to do? I'm going to pray. We're going to sing one more time. And during this song and during this time, I just want you to step in. One more step. Do, do something. That just, that ask the Holy Spirit, whatever that may be. Maybe you're here for the first time. And you're like, well, what is this? Well, maybe you just have to sing the song. You know, just follow along. It'll be up here. You, you, maybe you don't know it, but it's, it's kind of like Christian karaoke. Like, it'll be right there. But maybe you've already been here for, for a while, and you want to step in. Maybe lift your hands. Maybe, you know, just I, I, want, I want to encourage you to make that extra step. And I don't want to give you all the points of what could happen, but I do know you could do one more thing and go in. And I'm telling you it's worth it. I'm telling you that's where testimonies are written, are in his presence. So, Father God, we thank you for it tonight. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity that you have opened up for us to enter into your presence one more time. We thank you, Father, that we get the opportunity to enter your presence. We thank you that because of what Jesus did, the veil was torn and we have access to your throne, to the throne of mercy, to the throne of grace, that we can go in happily with joy, with faith, Father, that we can enter into your presence. And Father God, I ask that your Holy Spirit guide us tonight on how we can keep going on how we can keep pressing father let it let it be something in our hearts let, let it be like jeremiah a fire that is shut up in our bones that we just can't quench it that we just can't avoid it that we just can't stop it but that we must give in that we must keep going until the river overtakes us until you start making the decisions for us until we end up where you have planned until we end of fulfilling what you have purposed in our life father let your river be strong in our life let your presence be strong in us tonight and we decide and we commit tonight to go in to make one more step to go in to to get closer to go deeper to go into your presence and we thank you father and we give you all the glory and all the honor in the name of jesus i pray Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this podcast has helped you spiritually, we're asking if you can help us naturally by sending in a gift or becoming a monthly partner. 
we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc.